You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total cash prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me today, as always, I have Dylan Kayser as well as Isha Jerome. How are you guys doing today? Nailed it! Nick, you nailed the intro, buddy. That was uh, that was a beautiful thing. That was a work of art. See, nobody knows what I was practicing ever since yeah, last well, you don't over and say over. You don't say that. You just hit the post. You don't tell anybody <laughs> you've been practicing. That's radio rule number one. Wait, we're doing radio? I guess it's, well, it's close. It's close enough, but yeah, you, you did nail it. So uh, let's let's keep it at that. Let's keep there it at go. that. So how you guys doing? Good man, good. Uh, the sun has come out. Actually, we've had rain for the last five days here. Quick weather report, like we always do in the podcast. Producer T's weather report for Producer- Vancouver Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, the sun has poked its head out, and uh, it looked like it was actually a nice weekend for you. And you were camping, eh? Yeah, we went up to uh, Union Valley Reservoir, a little ice house resort is what it's called. Beautiful little area up there. It was my son's first time camping. Love that spot. It was, it was beautiful. Um, but, you know, for the listeners at home that want to not hear us talk about our own shit, we got a couple of things dialed up for you guys. We're going to get into some playoff talk Big for you up, all. Maddie. Do a little bit of uh, our predictions, go over how things have been going, highlight a particularly awesome series, in my opinion, in Vegas and Minnesota. But then we're going to get towards the Sharks news and we're going to do what we call look into the future. We're going to, you know, based on what Doug Wilson said, we're going to explore the solutions at 3C, give our opinions on what maybe the Sharks could do, should do, and then maybe what most realistically is going to happen, as well as with goaltending. So, you know, first off, before we get into that, we're going to do our social media handles. You can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod, and you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan? Three for three there, Nick. Well done. Well done. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You should find myself at producer underscore pigeon. Oh, I thought I thought Isha was in the in the booth today. I'm just trying to give pigeons. Oh, you're just giving pigeon some love there. Follow of the day, producer pigeon. By the way, follow of the day. There you have it. I mean, 
there's gonna have to be some more pigeon videos coming out soon is that a that's teaser a, i think that's, that's a, a teaser. teaser that's definitely yeah, a teaser. he's been laying dormant too long agreed agreed so uh <laughs> there's gonna be some hot stuff coming out from uh producer pigeon watch out Watch out, everybody. And it's not just going to be dookies on your windshield hot stuff. Like, actual good videos and good content. But let's get into playoffs. Um, you know, the North Division hasn't really wrapped up yet. You were recording this. We're recording this on Sunday, May 30th. So I think we're going to bypass that one. We're just going to jump to the West Division predictions here. So I had the Avs winning in five, and I had Vegas winning in seven. Dylan... You had the Avs winning in five and Minnesota winning in seven. So we were both wrong as far as time frame goes. We gave St. Louis the benefit of the doubt for a single game, and we were incorrect. But we did both pick the correct winner. So that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that the Avalanche were going to take that series. I just thought St. Louis had one win in them. Obviously, Colorado, I mean, they're, they're on another level. I mean, this team, I can see them going right to the finals. Yeah, I mean, I I had the exact same thought process you did. Like, why shouldn't St. Louis at least take one game? And then when I saw the Kadri hit and then the suspension for eight games, I'm like, hey, they might squeak by and win two. No, they did not. They didn't win a single game. And, you know, they backed their way into the playoffs and put it in drive and got the fuck back out with their first round exit, eliminating them from um, lottery contention as well. So, you know, they're not really, you know, everyone knew essentially that that fourth seed in the West was just going to be a shit show. And it proved to be true. But on to the more exciting series, Vegas Golden Knights or Las Vegas Golden Knights, whatever, against the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, I predicted Vegas to win this in seven because I felt like if it did go the distance, I think with the war of attrition, I felt like Vegas was just going to find a way to win the game. And that's essentially what happened. Matthias Janmark, uh, or Hattias Janmark, you know, because he got the hat trick. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> he got a hat trick uh, against the Minnesota Wild, and I believe the final score was 5-2, to two, which it was a lot closer than the scoreboard actually kind of reflects, in my opinion. Uh, as a Sharks fan, I would have rather have been wrong here. And I was not. So Vegas does advance to, you know, be, be it's basically like David versus Goliath, but there's two Goliaths. You know, it's Kong versus Godzilla in the second round between Avalanche, the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. But you chose the Minnesota Wild. And why was that? Uh, you know, Minnesota, they were my upset pick because we talked about it leading up to the playoffs. The matchup just looks so good for the Wild against the Vegas Golden Knights compared to the Colorado Avalanche. And honestly, you know, they brought it to Game 7, so I, I was pretty close there. I don't think they really brought the heat in Game 7. I think that the better team really showed its colors, uh, which was the Vegas Golden Knights. But, you know, Minnesota Wild, they're close. Like I said, great matchup. But I think it comes down to, at the end of the day, the Wild need one or two more guys that, that can actually score. Because if you shut down Fiala, if you shut down Kaprizov, who else is going to score for the Minnesota Wild? There aren't that many guys. Yeah, for me, it was the war of attrition, kind of what I go back to, in the fact that uh, Minnesota just got hurt a lot during this series, in my opinion, especially in the yep. game. I believe they lost two defensemen. Or well, even just, one. even, you know, game to game, period to period, you know, guys were out for two, three periods come back in, you know, they're still, you know, banged up, even if they are playing in the games. And I do believe they lost Marcus Johansson as well, which, you know, might not seem like a lot on paper, but all those guys fit in that system. And, you know, Dean Evison did a really good job taking over this year for the boys. And for them to come back 
down three to one. Now, of course, that's Vegas's. That's that's their whole mo. The last three years, you know, they're up three to one in the series, and they find a way to fuck it off and make it to a game seven. I don't know if it's to sell more tickets. It might just be like a big brain play or something. <laughs> but um, you know, they really made it go the distance. And I was, I was obviously, you guys know, I was rooting for Minnesota. I was also rooting for really good hockey. Um, the Ryan Reeves hit, in my opinion should be a suspension worthy at least of a game or two because um i mean it was pretty pretty bad now i don't want to i don't want to be a, like a hypocrite here and say they should suspend on what happened but for me the hit was just egregious and just i believe he was no real like not really near the puck it was on the other side of the net isha can correct me if i'm wrong here but he ends up hitting his face on the goal post as well and you don't want to hand out a suspension based on the like the consequence of the action but more or less the action itself and it seemed like ryan reeves was only dressed that game seven to, to cause damage to the minnesota wild and it and it worked but you know they ended up getting that win off of uh yan mark's hat trick so well i think reeves was a huge like x factor in this series because you look at game six where he was out on the covid protocol list and he was unable to play in that game the felino Eck, and greenway line who those are the three big boys for the minnesota wild they were able to play their game freely and we saw Eck have a great game six we saw felino have a great game six and i in my opinion that was one of greenway's best complete games as well when Reeves was back on the ice, you know, matched up against that line, uh, Dylan, you just said it there. They, the Minnesota Wild didn't bring that extra depth because they're three depth guys who, let, let's be honest, Eck out of all of them is the only one who's going to bring a ton of scoring. They got shut down. They no, got completely and it's not, shut down. And no disrespect to those players, but it's not tough to shut those guys down offensively. Like you said, Eck, he's great defensively, but as far as him producing offense, if you get someone on him, I don't think it's that difficult to uh, you know take him out. And furthermore, with Johansson being out, sure, he's nothing special by himself, but he was Fiala's line mate this year because he had enough skill that he could actually set up Fiala. If you look at, you know, since Johansson was gone, because I think it was game one when he broke his arm, Fiala was buried on the quote-unquote third line with the likes of, you know, Ryan Hartman, bless his soul, had an unbelievable series. And then, you know, whoever else on the wing. Um, you look at Victor Rasp being the center for Kirill Kaprizov. Like, these young studs don't have the tools around them to help them produce. And that's, like you said, Dylan, it was just a lack of depth. The, the v Vegas in that game seven didn't get the production from their their stars they got it from their bottom six either way fun series and it's surprising that i'm saying fun series and the minnesota wild are involved in this series but hey this is a new minnesota wild team and i'm liking it same first round exit different team there you minnesota go. wild there the more you go. things change the more they say the same <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's move on to central division we won't go as deep into these two division predictions just because i just kind of wanted to touch on the minnesota uh, vegas series because it was i think one of the most watched series especially in the playoffs and it had the most thrills to it um so going to the central division i had carolina beating nashville in six games uh you had carolina beating nashville in five games and then I had the Panthers as my upset pick over the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games. And then you took the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Florida Panthers in six. And uh, you did a hell of a job this series, Dylan. I'll give you know hats off to you, although my headphones are over my hat, so I'm not taking my <laughs> hat off. Um, I don't remember exactly how many games the Carolina or the NASCAR uh series went to. Do you guys know? I think that that one went six games, I believe. Okay, so I was on the I was 
Just bang on with that one. Just bang on there, Nick. <laughs> and uh, you were just a game short. You didn't think Nashville was going to put up as much of a fight as they did. And then, obviously, my incorrect prediction with Florida, and then your correct prediction with Tampa Bay. So Guys, Saros, he's going to be, you know, one of the best goaltenders in the league moving forward for the next few few years. Just, you know, regardless of the team in front of him is good or not, because he had an... One of the best goaltending series that I've seen in the Stanley Cup playoffs in a long time. Yeah, I agree. And Nashville needs that. You know, with Pecorine, Pecorine's done. I mean, he's 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 an older goaltender at this point. He's not a starting guy. So you need someone to step into that role. And yeah, he did play well. Honestly, the Predators play better than I expected. You know, a couple of guys actually came out. Like, Duchesne even actually played well for the, for the Predators in the playoffs. And he had a terrible regular season. Again, they don't have the... I mean, on paper... Great team. They should have the scoring depth because they have, uh, you know, the better Grandlin brother too on that team who came from Minnesota. They just can't score. When when Yossi and the yeah. defensemen are the leading scorers, like that's a problem, especially when you have Duchesne and jo- Johansson who each make what eight million dollars. That's insane. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I just really like this Carolina team. I I want them to go to the finals. I don't know if this is their year. I don't know if they quite have the pieces there. But, man, they're talented. They're fun to watch. They're fast. They have good defense. They've got it all. I just Vancouver think, Island coach. Vancouver Island coach, even better. I just think some of their young players maybe need uh, another year or two under their belt, and they can be a contender. So uh, that's why I picked Carolina at five. But Nashville put up a good fight. Like Nikash. That guy's unbelievable. He's just going to be even better. I think they pronounce it Natchez yeah, or something. they can all get fucked because yeah, that sounds it's ridiculous. And at the World Juniors, he was Nikash. Bob McKenzie said he was Nikash. He's fucking Nikash. He's Nikash. I just think of dollar bills strapped to a knee. Like, oh, I got my Nikash on me. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> oh, they don't take credit? I got the Nikash. <laughs> See, and that's why you keep it the same so you can get those sponsorships and get those royalties, baby. That's what, I'm, that's what it's all about, and that's why we're here. <laughs> Moving on to the East Division, um, we have the... Penguins versus the Isles series and the Caps and the Bruins series. And uh, we had the exact same picks, Dylan. So this is going to be an easy summary. We had the Isles in seven over Pittsburgh, and we had Boston beating the Capitals in six games. So uh, we both picked the correct uh, choices here. The Isles and the Boston Bruins are actually going against each other now in the second round or the East Division finals or however you want to call it. Um, again, my memory is fleeting. I'm blaming the campfire smoke. I don't remember the length these games went to. Campfire smoke, eh? <laughs> but all that matters is that we had the right teams. You know, we, this wasn't like an NHL playoff yeah. bracket challenge for a million dollars. We were just predicting the winners and the most plausible. It was outcomes. for pride. It was for pride, folks. That's all this yeah. was for. I liked um, your picks so much I copied them. So control yeah, CD. Exactly. Let's get it going. I mean, honestly, I, I just didn't think that the Penguins have it in them this year. I mean, goaltending really let them down. I think that was a story. Awful. For the, Awful yeah, I mean, terrible uh, for, for the Penguins. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you have bad goaltending in the NHL playoffs. You're not going to make it past the first round. That's exactly what happened. Uh, and, and the Capitals, that's unfortunate. I really wanted to see them move on. No, not just because I hate the Boston Bruins, but I just like the Washington Capitals. I like seeing Alexander Ovechkin deep in the playoffs. I think it's good for the league. It's good for the NHL. Um, But yeah, the Bruins move on. They're looking like a dangerous team. I hate to say it, but they're looking good. Yeah, I didn't want the Bruins to win. I just wanted Tom Wilson to lose. So (laughs) that's where I was at in it. And, and, you know, it was a bit of a sentimental handshake line to see, you know, Zidane Chara shake hands with Krejci. That was a a big moment. 
Yeah, no, well that was a good one. How, how about Big Z, though? Looks like he's going to be moving on from you know his one year with the Capitals, but he says if another team wants to give him you know, a contract, and Big Z at this point will take... I think he took only 800000 to play with the Caps mm-hmm. this last year. Yeah, I mean... He'll th- play with another team. I mean, hey, the Canucks need a defense. Well, I was just about to say, there's teams out there. I mean, with the Vancouver Canucks, he can get a 3 by 3 Oh, honestly. Don't, don't even <laughs> fucking say that. Take him well into his mid-40s. No, but no, but seriously, though, like, if they're... I know he wants to win, so I'm, I'm joking when I say the Canucks, yeah, but yeah. He'll, he'll go to a, a contender or a competitive team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Big Z lands. Yeah, if he lands anywhere, I mean, it's uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's anyone could be a possibility. The Sharks are pretty bad on the D line right now as well, yeah, especially for true defensemen. Sharks. But I don't expect him to land on the Sharks. He's but, going uh, to like Tampa Bay or some shit. <laughs> yeah, true, a true contender. He's not going to go to the, the Panthers sharks. even. Maybe, maybe he'll go to Florida and go. Yeah, to there the you go. Yeah, yeah. A sun, a sunny state is what you're saying. He's tired of the fucking cold. He wants to go somewhere a little bit, a little bit more sunshine. But in your older into, years, in your older years, I mean, I, I can't blame the guy. If I was in my 40s, I'd be over in Florida dude, as well. just in D.C. Like, they there's no good weather That's in a DC. swamp. It's, it's a, a swamp, swamp town. Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's Where move Shrek's on. from. <laughs> uh, so we're going to we're gonna kind of switch things up a little bit. We're going to look into the future for the Sharks. Uh, this is the this is what everyone actually came here to listen to. They're just going to fast forward these first 15, 16 minutes here. Uh, so, you know, we kind of talked about it last week. Doug Wilson publicly stated, "Hey, we need to explore possible solutions at both the you know the three C position and goaltending. And goaltending was, in our opinion, and everyone else's opinion, the biggest problem child out there." There's a uh, great article over on San Jose Hockey now. If you're a subscriber, Shang Peng wrote it up about uh, the buyout cost uh, for Martin Jones, how it affects who they can sign moving forward as well as how much cap space the Sharks are going to have, depending on who gets extended, who gets selected. And I believe the draft lottery is this coming Wednesday, so we're creeping up to see where the Sharks select and then who's going to get taken in the expansion draft. But right now, what we're going to do is we're going to pick three centers and three goaltenders each. Now, they may be the same, they may be different, um, but we're also going to be assuming the Sharks are going to be working with around $10 million in cap space, which I think is a fair number based on what I've seen possible expansions or uh, sorry extensions for Dylan Gambrell maybe bringing in or letting go of a couple of players so we're just going to assume a nice 10 million dollar cushion and so Dylan I see you have your picks lined up here you got AAV and everything ready to go so I'll just let you take this one oh I'm fucking ready cha-ching yeah like get it ready here because we're going to hand out some money um so, so uh, three centers I think the San Jose Sharks should look at and this is obviously we're talking about the third line center position we need to inject some speed and skill into this team. I know it's kind of a corny saying. And, uh, speed and skill. Uh, yeah, well, I got Isha laughing over here because, uh, you know, we're from Vancouver. We hear Jim Benning say that all the time. Uh, so th- three players I want to highlight. That's not a soundboard, by the way. That is no. Isha doing that himself. Uh, no, no, it's, it's not beautiful. Isha. We actually have Jimbo here in the office. Um, so three centers that I'm looking at. Alexander Wenberg, Eric Holla, and Mark Jankowski. Now, all three of these guys can put up points. Now, they're not going to put up 50, 60 points, but I think you can count on them for a solid 30 points. Mark Jankowski, that's a bit of a riskier pick, but he is 26 years old. He was a first-round pick, I believe 17th overall 
Uh, actually, I have Hockey DB in front of me right now. Uh, 21st overall uh, in the 2012 draft. I think this guy has some skill. I think he's been placed down the lineup in Calgary. So I think if he gets a third line position on a team like the San Jose Sharks, I think he could put up 30 to 40 points. And this guy's not going to cost much. You're looking at one and a half, maybe $2 million to bring in a guy like Mark Jankowski. I think that's a pretty solid pick, if I'm being completely honest. I think the the hardest part is going to be just, like you said, just swaying him to get in here. Plus, also understanding the market and where it's going to be. If you can get him at 2 at 3.25 per, then I feel like anyone is going to take that just because of the flat cap. So, I do like... Or, sorry, you said 2 at 1.5. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong bulletin point here. Um, well, I thought you said swanging, by the way. We're rubbing off on you. Yeah, here, I'll run down my, my contract offer. So, basically... Alex Wenberg would be a two-year contract at 3.25 per season. Eric Hollow would be a two-year contract at 3 million. And Mark Jankowski, two years at 1.5 per season. I mean, they're they're good options, really. But you know, looking at the money that we have, are you assuming like a buyout for the because we're gonna move into your goaltenders here next? Are you assuming a buyout for Martin Jones? Uh, I'm assuming a buyout or some other movement on this roster because there are going to be changes and there will be changes to the salary cap. And I think that we're going to shed salary uh, if we do make changes. So, you know, it's it's dependent on a few things. The Sharks could give a hell of a sweetener to Seattle to take him to. They could. Yeah, to, to take Jones or to take a, any big contract, to be honest with you. I don't think it would be Jones. I think that there's a couple of teams out there that have two to three good goaltenders on the roster that they don't have to take anything or they don't have to take on Martin Jones, one of them being you know one of my goaltending picks. Um, but I, I just feel like there's just better options for Seattle out there. There's no really reason, especially to help a division rival at that point. Well, so and, and I, we've, talk, we've talked about Brent Burns a lot, too. You know, who yeah. knows if he's still a San Jose Shark next year? Yeah, that's my highest percentage chance of a player being, you know, we offer a pick to have someone taken, in my opinion, has been Brent Burns for, for a while now. And that would clear up the money to, to make a little bit of a bigger splash instead of taking like a haul at two years with three per, you can make a bigger slash on, you know, maybe a different center that's got a little bit more of a higher profile. But let's go into your goaltenders. I like I like what I'm seeing here, okay? I'm really liking this. <laughs> and I think I know why, but uh, we'll get to that player in a moment. So the first guy on my list, Linus Allmark from the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I'd offer him a four-year contract at $5 million per. Now, I put that because I think that's what he's going to be asking for. Uh, this is a young goaltender playing in Buffalo, like I said, but he came out with actually really good numbers out of Buffalo. He's one of the only guys that had a good season there. I think he's going to be demanding a lot of money. I think this guy is a starting goaltender in the NHL. I think if we got him, he could be a perfect, you know, transition goaltender for this franchise because it's going to take a few years for us to be competitive again, but you still want good goaltending in those years. And I think Allmark would be perfect for that. So he'd be my first choice. Uh, moving on. Uh, I still don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Chris Drieger. Is it Drieger, Nick? It's it's either Drieger or Dreiger, and I haven't honestly put Drieger. it. It's All right, Drieger. So Chris right Drieger, I would offer him a two-year contract. Now, I have no idea how much this guy is going to be demanding on the open market, so I just throw out $4 million. I mean, it could be three. I think it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark, you know, three to $4 million. I'd offer him a two-year contract. You know, this is a guy who's come out with really good numbers the last two years. But it's a small sample size. I need to see more of this guy. So I think two years 
is perfect for that. He's the same age as Omar, 27. Yeah, 27 years old. So uh, you still have some good years ahead of him. And then uh, I think if you miss out on these guys that could be starting goaltenders, you go for a good backup. Uh, Lauren Brossois from the Winnipeg Jets. I think he would be a good option. You throw him a one-year contract at, let's say, one and a half, $1.75 million. He can put in you know, 20 to 30 games as a backup. I think that would be another good option. Yeah, I, re- I really like what you got working here, mainly because I just went over and did the buyout calculator for Martin Jones, and that reduces his uh, initial salary cap hit from 5.75 mil down to one9 Okay. So you open up quite a bit to be able to make a splash. That's why I really like the Linus Olmark one there. You thought I was going to say Chris Jeter, didn't you? I really did. You thought I did. I was. Uh, no, I, I've looked at Linus Olmark, and I figured he would be priced out of the Sharks, kind of like budget. But if you buy out Martin Jones, and you know we're assuming $10 million in cap space, we're going to include that $2 million there. You can take one of these cheaper 3Cs if you want to make a bigger splash at goaltending and go with the Olmark. And then maybe if you're feeling even friskier, you draft someone like Jesper Wallstedt to kind of, you know, be that, you know, you got Olmark as the bridge for three to four years while you let Wallstedt, you know, manifest and, you know, what's the word I'm thinking? Develop. There it is. Hard word. Three syllables. Holy shit. Develop over there in the SHL. And then you bring him over and you got it. Suddenly you have, you know, goaltending depth that you didn't have before. Exactly. Uh, but, Honestly, Nick, for me, the perfect scenario would, exactly that. would be uh, would be Mark Jankowski and Linus Allmark. I think those would be the two best options because of the price points. Jankowski, I've said it before, it's a riskier move, but I think there could be a big payoff if he does you know, work out here in San Jose. I think he could be a solid 40-point guy in the NHL. Yeah, and you put some speedy wingers with him. You know, we talked about it before, Shemlevsky, maybe a Noah Gregor up in there. And, you know, chemistry can develop out of, you know, a really good offseason together. You want this to, you want these moves to be done first couple days of free agency. So that way the guys can come over to San Jose, get acquainted with who they're going to be working with, try to develop some chemistry. Because if you're going to try to make that playoff push like Doug Wilson wants to, you need that chemistry, you need that depth, and you need everyone to kind of be on the same page. Um, we're going to kind of move into my picks here. We're going to go center. The guy that I've kind of been eyeballing for a, a minute now was Casey Sezikis. And just seeing what he's done for the Islanders those last, you know, at, at least in the playoff series against the Pens, it's been amazing. He is, I believe, 30 years old right now. I'm just going to check it right now to make sure I don't, you know, talk out of my ass here. Yeah, he's a uh, 30-year-old center who got, you know, 14 points in 56 games. So he's going to come at a little bit of a cheaper price. His last contract, he was making $3.35 million. And I think you could get him around two and a half or $3 million, whether it be a year or two. It, you know, it, At this point, you're just going to have to be convincing people to come to San Jose because we're out of the playoffs. We're a bottom 10 team. And getting these people to sign is going to be the hardest part. But I do like his game. I like his you know, leadership qualities, being in the trot system, being on a very successful team, you can bring that sort of mentality over to the Sharks where we've just had a lot of younger guys in that bottom six that have just been shuffled around too much, especially at the center position. You know, Gambrell is okay, but he's not good enough to be 3C. And I feel like Casey Sezikis would be great for the Sharks. It's just a premium UFA option at 3C. Yeah, uh, you've, been follow- one, you've been following him for way more than a minute, man. Just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. I like that. Uh, the next one I have, and I actually, this is a callback. Okay, this is a, a, a deep, deep shot. 
we did uh, trade scenarios in the, the in the preseason. You and I, right, Dylan? I'm speaking to you, my man. <laughs> and I I did a trade scenario for Darcy Kemper, and you did a big splash trade scenario for a Sam Reinhart for Buffalo. Now you're talking about a player whose future leadership in a Buffalo system that is underneath whale shit on the you know the the chain of you know the ladder the higher I, I haven't seen that graphic but uh, I'll, I'll whip that. it up for you don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um I would love to be able to acquire Sam Reinhart via trade and I think the the biggest thing the sharks can give to Buffalo is a kind of New York native Kevin LeBanc you're talking about same age relative same production value a very good I mean you could put we've done it before you know Kevin LeBanc could be a first line winger especially in buffalo if they want to do a full reset of course the sharks aren't just going to, it's not going to be a one for one you're gonna to have to give up significantly more to get sam reinhardt yeah but sharks are just, giving up more in this trade for sure exactly this is just acquiring him via trade whatever it may be as long as you're not overpaying obviously yeah think of the center depth of logan couture tomas hurdle and sam reinhardt and at any day now hurdle's knees could both explode on impact because they've done so already multiple times. That's flirting with disaster. That's not what the Sharks need to do. In my opinion, this would be a huge push, as well as resetting the clock on some of these players, because Reinhardt's young. I believe he's only 25 years old. I, someone correct me on that. I don't have his, his bio up on me he's right around, now. He's around there. He's early 20s, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that would be just an... Yeah, he is 25 years old. And he's a Vancouver boy, and I figured you'd really like that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's in his my dad opinion... played for the Canucks? Yeah, there you go. I, I would honestly love to see Sam on this Sharks team centering uh, really good young players that they can develop chemistry with over the next three to five years. Now... My my big splash for the Sharks via signing instead of trading would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins or <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I don't think it's out of reach, but what I do think is it will depend on the Sharks making a move to get rid of some money because right now Ryan Nugent Hopkins is, you know, one of the top quote-unquote centers that's going to hit free agency this year. Uh, I believe his cap hit was $6 million for the Edmonton Oilers. He's 28 years old, so he fits in that age range of where the Sharks are at currently with, you know, Evander Kane being around 30, Couture being around 30, 31. He's a 35-point guy and 52 games played this year. He would fit in amazingly on a third line, you know, because he did in Edmonton. He's lived in the shadow of Conor McGregor since he was drafted. So <laughs> you're talking about a former first-round pick. So... <laughs> Another great guy you can put on the third line for the Sharks. Again, you have to find a way to make room for this. And I feel like if Brent Burns is gone via the expansion draft, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is more than in play for the Sharks. So that's honestly my big splash for the Sharks and free agency. Now, hold on, Nick. I think you've been having a little bit too much of that campfire smoke. This ain't the UFC. Hey, I don't care. Let me have my moment. <laughs> now, realistically, I feel like your your picks for center have the higher percentage chance of landing, right? Yeah, I so, mean, I, I wasn't on the uh, devil's lettuce there when I was making my picks. Hey, on, me, on the old campfire smoke. Let me dream, Dylan. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll let you dream. <laughs> you said Conor McGregor. That was the joke. <laughs> um, sorry, I was getting a little bit too much UFC, like you said. Uh, but I believe we had a. Uh, was it Drew from Bruins and Bruins who was asking us realistic possibilities and these actually happening? 
mine, probably one of the three. I don't think the Sharks are actually going to make a push for Sam Reinhart. I don't think that they're going to go and get Ryan Nugent Hopkins unless they get, you know, find a way to offload some money. I feel like Casey Sezikis, for me, is probably my highest percentage chance of actually happening. But I feel like your three picks even have a higher percentage chance than uh, Casey Sezikis. So what I'm about. I'm a realist here. Yeah, Call me up, some... Dougie. I got some moves. <laughs> Director of Scouting, Dylan Kayser. <laughs> uh, as far as goaltending, I'm just going to brush over my picks. I think I've talked about these 800 times now. Uh, Peter Morazic, I feel like, is a very sneaky pick for the Sharks. Um, you're talking about a guy who's had injuries, but he's been very good when he's been in, and he has above 900 save percentage, which is what the Sharks don't have right now at all. So you could fit him into like a 3-3 type of deal you know three years three million dollars and uh you know you add jones's two million dollar dead cap hit essentially when he's gone and it's still cheaper than having martin jones on the roster at five mil and i think uh for my second pick which i've said enough times now chris dreger same type of deal uh three years three million dollars a good bridge goaltender that i think that would be his biggest contract in his career and i have in parentheses here cam talbot comp because he's got very similar kind of track history as Cam Talbot. And I feel like with how Cam Talbot played with Minnesota, if you start to get that starting job on a team like the Sharks, of course, they would have to be a little bit better defensively. He can actually put forth his best effort and kind of get that rhythm set up instead of always being a backup. So I have those two at almost the exact same price tag at, you know, three years, $3 million AAV. So that way we can actually pursue a veteran 3C at a, normal price instead of trying to go discount on it so you hit the nail on the head though because if he's a talbot comp he has to have a good system because that's where talbot thrives like you saw <laughs> that's what we don't have right now well i know but that's where, <laughs> like the reason why he was chosen over others uh, by the minnesota wild is because he fit that defensive system perfectly whereas right. we saw in some of the other markets you know not named the new york rangers um where that defensive system wasn't in place and we saw that he didn't have a lot of success there Nick, who was your uh, who's your third choice? Uh, he doesn't doesn't actually exist. I I was gonna put Laurent Brossois if that's how you pronounce the name, but I thought you already put him. He already you already put him up there in the top. So I was just gonna say, great you know, minds some... think alike. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and honestly, I think Brossois is like a a real sleeper pick for the Sharks. Where yeah, technically he would be a, a depth signing. Um, but he does have an almost a 920 save percentage this year. So maybe you find a diamond in the rough with that selection and you're able to get something out of it that maybe other teams didn't see or they overlooked or something like that. The Sharks have to get lucky on goaltending at least one time in their existence of 30 fucking years. That isn't Nabokov because I know Artis Urbe was really, really good, but like, if you look at the entirety of the Sharks playoff miscues or luck or unluck, I think the biggest unluck that they've had has been surrounding the goaltending. So they need to go out and put the fucking footwork in to try to find a great goaltender that will not only fit in their current system, but can also be a possible long-term solution. Hey, we just talked about four or five of these guys, right? There's options out there. There's options for Doug Wilson to go out there and make a splash and uh, try to improve this goaltending. Being terrible. Yeah, I mean, he said it himself, you know, the Sharks... The, the goaltending was not up to standard, whatever that standard that may be. I guess above 900 is the standard. But, you know, I, I'm really interested to see which way he goes. I, I do like our picks more, so he does need to continue to DM us on Twitter and ask us for more <laughs> suggestions because 
you know, when he when he asked me about what he should trade for Donato, I was like, oh yeah, you should just trade this, and he did. So it's pretty simple. There you go. Uh, but yet that's our uh, kind of look into the future as of right now. Let us know if you disagree with us. If you have better picks in mind, feel free to DM us on Twitter or tweet at us at Stick Hungry Pod. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna jump into the draft lottery. Every time, man, that pigeon face gets me every single time. Producer underscore pigeon. Well, it sucks now because we're not live streaming, so I can't even tell the people. Go watch the live stream to see what we're talking about. Uh, but their their pigeon producer pigeon makes an appearance in the uh, NHL draft lottery simulator video, and that's what we're uh, chuckling at. Well, Anyways, if you ever see it, just keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Con- continue, Nick. Continue. <laughs> we're just uh, we're gonna jump into the draft lottery simulator. We figure the more we do this, the higher percentage of sharks like chance the sharks have of actually getting the first place. So we're gonna continue to keep ramming this down your fucking throat, whether or not you like it. So <laughs> we're gonna hop right into this one I, again. I, I continue to forget to share my screen, but it looks like you've got it done already. So we're gonna get this puppy started here, uh, just to go over again what the draft kind of looks like up to the Sharks pick because everyone else doesn't matter after that point. We got Buffalo, Anaheim, Seattle, New Jersey, Columbus, Detroit, and then San Jose. So we're going to hit that sim button here pretty quick. And from what I'm seeing here, Spice of Life has showed up. Seattle gets selected and moves up two spots to the first overall pick. Los Angeles... Decides to leapfrog everybody, moves up six spots to the second overall pick, and that was a uh, 11.8% chance of that happening. But those moves end up, mo- uh, sorry, excuse me, those acquisitions end up moving San Jose down to the eighth overall selection. Not well, that exciting. wasn't uh, that wasn't the most exciting draw we've ever had. Yeah. Fucking kings, fucking kings. Those bastards. All right, uh, should we uh, should we run it again? Run it once more. Run it back. Run it back. Here we go. And look at this. The first overall pick goes to the Canucks de Vancouver. Uh, the number For those of you who don't speak French, that's the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the number two pick, uh, the Blackhawks de Chicago. No, I mean, they got it now. They got it? Okay. And the number <laughs> three pick... moving up ten spots. Holy the, fuck. Yeah, moving up ten spots. The number three pick, the Sabres de Buffalo um, and the San Jose Sharks. You're going to do this with everybody. <laughs> San Jose Sharks go down to number nine. Moving down two spots. Sharks to San Jose. I like what I see here, but I'm a Canucks fan. <laughs> How exciting. All right, I'll roll one for me. Let's go. There we go. Oh, I don't like this at I all. Ugh. I don't like this at all. Uh, Ottawa moving up nine spots to take... Ottawa Lake named it Melnick. <laughs> Eugene Lake. <laughs> um, number two, Seattle moving up one spot. And Buffalo Sabres drop two to get the third. San Jose dropping one to get eight. Well, okay, all right. So I guess we're going to do one last one for the fans. Nick, what's a, what's a good like sports bar in uh, Sacramento? A good sports bar, the couch. That's a really good. Uh, one. All right, big boys. I think Shane's calling. We should do one for him. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have to do one for Shane. Um, yeah, Shane. You know, this guy somehow knows when we record the podcast. We're not even live streaming. But this guy, you know, he's just he's on top of it, and I love it. I love it. Shane, you there? Yeah. Shane, Shane, how's it going, man? 
Not bad. How are you? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. We're, we're right in the middle. We're right in the middle of the draft lottery simulator, Shane. We were, we were going to do one for you. Okay. All right. So here we go. Here we go. All right. Here we go, Shane. So uh, are you a big Ducks guy, Shane? Quack, quack. Um, no. You mean no. like the Oregon Ducks? You mean the Oregon Ducks? Yeah, we're not talking about the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I wish. I wish. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks with the first overall pick uh, in this yeah. simulator. Detroit Red Wings. Are you a Red Wings guy? No. Nope. Uh, screw up. Second overall. Then third overall. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Buffalo guy. Sa- Sabres to Buffalo. <laughs> you big Sabres like, to Buffalo. All right, so uh, there you go. There was Shane's. Uh, the one good thing, San Jose staying at seven. San Jose staying at seven. Uh, good draw, Shane. Shane, what else you got for us today? We just kind of jumped into the simulator here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had uh, I had a question for you guys. Okay. So last time, last time it was what, what, what beer would you drink with with the person that you want to drink uh, beer with from the San Jose Sharks? But what strain of weed would you smoke with that person instead? <laughs> hey, Nick, we'll hand this one off to you. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you can start off with this one. That would be an Indica Hybrid Skywalker OG, just because it really relaxes me. I'm sure we could watch a movie together, eat some popcorn, laugh at some stuff, you know. Uh, I think, I, uh, you know, I would call up my, my boy Creed Bratton and get some Northern Lights Indica. <laughs> oh, Dylan just stole, stole <laughs> the line right Stole your thunder, me. eh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd hang out with Creed Bratton too, probably. Yeah, maybe, 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 you know, maybe with Seth Rogen. That's one of the pipe. best lines ever. Do you know what this is? Yes, Northern Cannabis Indica, or what was Northern Lights Cannabis Indica? No, no. it's marijuana. <laughs> um, so either that with uh, yeah, our boy Creed Bratton, or maybe we'll go hang out with Rogan and hit up some of that Pineapple Express. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> is, that, is that the is that uh, satisfying? Uh, yeah, I'm satisfied. Oh, wow. Satisfied with the Stick Hungry Podcast. Thanks again for calling us, Shane. We do appreciate you very much. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Guys. See ya. Bye. There we go. Shane Van Ice. Nice as a Shane's calling in. All right. Um, now for our last run of the uh, Draft Lottery Simulator. Big shout out to all our fans at the Lottery Simulator uh, watching party at the couch in Sacramento, California. Here we go. With the first overall pick. The Buffalo goddamn Sabres. <laughs> Second overall pick, the Vancouver Canucks. Moving up hey, seven. There you go. Uh, and the third overall pick, the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks move down one spot to number eight. Number eight for the I San Jose Sharks. For Wallstead's being mocked, so fuck it, send it. Yeah, the, the couch in Sacramento is uh, currently being trashed. The couch is actually out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, they have multiple couches. I don't know why they can go with the, the couches, but yeah, multiple couches, really nice. Oh, there's, more of a football but there's one couch that you just know that's the a couch. Single couch. Yeah. Like, wait, this is in a very well lit room. Why are there cameras in the? They corner? should just rename the couch and capitals the couch and couch. The couch and couch. I don't know why, but shout all right. Out, shout out BCHL. Big shout out to the couch and capitals there. there. The big chunk hey, is hockey league. Biggest like hockey stick in the world that's, is at the rink there in Duncan, BC. That's true. It's Check uh, it can out. you give us the measurements, please? Yeah, yeah, give me one sec. He's gonna give it to you in meters, folks. So yeah, like, you have to 100%. do some Googling. Uh but actually, no, it is true. Uh biggest hockey stick in the world in the front of the arena. It's about a half hour drive south of where we are right now. So uh there you go. A little little hockey history for you folks. Duncan, BC. In 1985, the 205-foot hockey stick is built from Douglas fir wooden beams reinforced with steel and height 
and heights in at a staggering uh, sixty-one thousand pounds. When weighs so in at so pounds, twenty-eight thousand <laughs> kilograms. Well, it's it's kind of funny. It's like one of those like make work projects, you know, like the the Hoover Dam in the states, and then up here you got you just get everyone to make the biggest hockey stick. All right, we need these people to work. Let's make a big hockey stick. <laughs> you just imagine, right? You compare the two. It's like, <laughs> well, guys, what are we gonna do? Make a big fucking stick. All right, let's do it. You That's, see that, Nick? Oh, there you go. We have it up on the that screen. Is, that's a big sticky boy. Do we have measurements on the puck? There's a puck above it. Yeah, no one, no one really looks at Come the on, puck. Come on, Nick. That's they're all, they're coming, they're way too hard. They're coming for the stick. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. If any of you Californians are ever on Vancouver Island, make sure you go to Duncan, check out the big stick, and keep driving because it's a shithole. I was just going to say, that's the only thing you want to see in Duncan. <laughs> Take a hard right turn to Couch and Lake. Take <laughs> there you go. There you oh, go. Oh. That was what a funny. beautiful note to end this one on. Yeah, that was good. No, that That's was good. Big sticks. You know, by, you know, when we record next time, we're going to know where we're actually picking. Oh, uh, yes. Wednesday. 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 I mean, I don't know, Nick. I mean, the, the fans, the, nothing's for sure here. And this is the first time I'm actually bringing it up to Nick. So uh, <laughs> my apologies here. But, I mean, we could look at maybe doing some sort of live events. I mean, we'll 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 see if anything works out. We'll see if it works yeah, out. Yeah, I was on cap friendly, right? Because we were looking at which goaltenders, you know, numbers, yada, yada, crunching the numbers, hashtag stat guy. And I saw that it was it, it starts at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesday, which Oof. is... Exactly when I get off of work. Well, okay, so it starts. So. It starts then, but it's like a half hour show before they actually draw them, right? Yeah. So they're not drawing them till five, unless the whole show is just half an hour and they're just going bunch of bullshit up until you know five minutes to. Well, if that's happening, Isha, we're at work. We're at the studio. We're going to do we're something. Gonna do something. <laughs> so there'll be something for you folks. Uh, yeah. so, some sort of content. I'll be representing the sharks in that one. So don't you uh, don't you worry. Excellent. Don't Excellent. worry. So yeah, we'll we'll uh I think that's that's pretty much it for this week, right boys? I think that's pretty much it. I think we uh covered it all and more. Yeah. Taught you a little bit something about Duncan BC, big hockey sticks and uh some strains of weed there. Couple, yeah, there you go. Got a call from Shane. Can't ask for much more. Nope. Excellent. Let's uh, give one more shout out to our social media handles before we head on out. You can follow myself on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan, where can they find you? You can follow me at DYL underscore THPN. Uh, Isha, do you know Shane's Twitter handle? At your boy SV. Ooh, love it. And your and your Twitter handle, of course. At VI Sports Talk, but honestly, go follow Producer Pigeon at Producer underscore Pigeon. Excellent. It's been a wonderful having you guys here. Make sure you drink your water, stay safe, wear your fucking mask, get vaccinated. You guys take it easy.